In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is, you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cat. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're Absolute absolute dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. This is the podcast where effectively we show you how to be sexier to your dog than anything else that the world might throw at you. Now we're going to introduce you to Sexy Susan, Sexy Simon. You know what? You are going to find your inner sexy. You are going to become sexy whatever your name is, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? We, we, this is Sexy Tom, this is Sexy Laura, and it's going to be fun. So, um, really, the reason why we've been wanting to do this podcast for so long, and it's super cool that you're joining us on the very first episode... First episode! Woo! ...is because we get countless emails, messages... Requests, you know, Requests, really. basically, almost like cries for help, pleas from people where they've been told that there's no hope for their dog or their dog training struggle, right? And there's no hope might mean actually end of the road for some dogs yeah. and that for us absolutely makes us what well, makes us passionate about what we do, mm-hmm. right? This is exactly why we do it. It's exactly yeah. uh, it's our mission. It's our it's what makes us come alive mm-hmm. because we really want to make you come alive uh, with your dog and we know that actually uh, there is no hope is just for us, another challenge. Yeah, absolutely. There's a way through that. And really what we want to open this whole podcast with is the fact that when somebody says there's no hope for your dog or maybe they put a label on your dog, and really they're quick to put labels on, right? Like they're so yeah. quick to go reactive or yeah. noisy or difficult or uh, you know what? They're very quick to do this. And I mean, we use them quite often to be able to um, get you to relate to where we are. But you know what? Mm. In terms of our own dogs, mm. it's something that very we're very quick to actually try to rebut those yeah. and to try and in, it, we're going to talk to you about all of this. And, and the thing is, the, the the way that we want you to start to see the words "there's no hope" or "your dog is untrainable" is actually probably you've just reached the limits of someone's expertise. So actually you've um, gone beyond their capability mm-hmm. and actually you're looking for new opportunities, new ideas yeah. and maybe um, to become a solution seeker. Yeah. And so the world's really quick to put labels on your dog and that label might be aggressive, that might be untrainable, Reactive. it might be stubborn or maybe they'll put like a breed related label on your dog like you can't train Huskies, you, well, can't, you train... can't train a sniffy spaniel. Yeah. A sniffy spaniel's always going to sniff. That's just what they're going to do. Labrador's always going to go and steal food. They're always yeah. going to sniff for food. They're always going to take someone's picnic. Mm. You know what? It's just what they're all oh, the collies. They're snappy collies. Yeah. Collies are always snappy. It's just snappy. how they are. Yeah. They're just going to bite. It's, it's in them. And the fact is that if we, as dog owners, kind of say we uh, someone puts a label on our dogs and then we actually go and like agree with that label and keep that label there then 
we're forever going to stay exactly where we are and right now. The thing that makes me a little bit sad about that is that you take on someone else's um, limited beliefs. Mm -hmm. And actually, yeah. even by them saying, and you see it so many times with dogs, even by them saying, uh, I don't know, your dog is reactive. Mm -hmm. Even if you feel pretty passionate about your dog being pretty good and well behaved, there's still a little dent in your yeah. um, sort of consciousness there. A dent in your um, how you feel about your dog because you'll just go, you start to doubt or question or it puts a little bit of, of doubt in there. Yeah. So what we want you to do is be aware of these labels, number mm -hmm. one, like be aware yeah. of um, how quickly they're thrown around. Yeah. And before we dive into really that, which is the topic of today's podcast, there's a couple of things that you're probably going to want to do. This is a weekly podcast, which means that new episodes come out every brand single week. new today, brand new, right now. Which means that what you're probably going to want to do is actually subscribe to the podcast so that you get updated. And the second thing that you're going to want to do, especially if you're kind of new to what we're talking about and you're maybe new to us and new to Absolute Dogs. Even if you're not new, you're going to absolutely love You're going to find this really useful. Is we put together a resource and within this resource, it's effectively like a zero to hero of how to become a game changer to your dog. So for example, it goes into actually, you know, why we play games. It goes into what it means to be a concept trainer and what it means to actually reshape your dog's brain. Introduce exactly who we are, what we're about and, and why we're um, driving this for yeah. you really. So it, it really does allow you to turn struggles into strengths, to understand the game changer philosophy and the game changer yeah. mindset and exactly what it's all about. Yeah. Really, it's going to be a bit of a zero to hero guide. And so with that, we put this all together into a downloadable guide or downloadable ebook. Um, it's called There's a Game for That Zero to Hero, How to Become a Game Changer. And you absolutely need to go and get it because if you go and get it, then you're going to be able to re refer back to it. You're going to be able to keep it. And it's got all the information in there that you need in order to take, kind of get the most value that we're going to give you from this podcast. So the way that you get that is by going to absolutedogs.me forward slash start. So absolutedogs.me forward slash start. Do that right now. Download it. And, um, and then it's there ready for when you are it's, ready to it's read it. It's a reference point. It's a point that you'll be able to go back to and go, oh, that's what that means. Or, oh, yes, that's how that works. Yeah. So it just allows you to really understand exactly um, where we're coming from. Now, there are going to be various sections and we've kind of talked to you about, you know, what we're going to be talking about today. And really that is that, the, you know what? People are telling you there's no hope or telling you that your dog's, dog's stubborn or untrainable. And we're going to be diving into how that's not the case and what you can do about it. But before we do that, there's a segment that we're going to do every single week. And that is that we want to celebrate your wins as a game changer, as a games player and the transformations that you're experiencing. So tell us what Key said, because I know she desperately wants yeah. to share exactly her journey and, and, and how far she's come. Yeah. And, and the, the cool thing is, is that this is, this is quite a reflection. So Key says, after being given terrible training advice when one of my dogs was a puppy, my relationship with him was so broken. Now that we found absolute dogs and spend our training time playing games, trust and relationship have been rebuilt. Where before he avoided me like the plague, he now actively seeks me out for play and really awesome cuddles. That's super another game changer. I love hearing that from someone like Key because we know that she hasn't started this journey from an ideal position, maybe yeah. the position that you might be coming in from. So and in fact, the position we, we were yeah. once in. Absolutely, so. absolutely. We were in a place where there was no hope. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, another game changer here. She's had a, an amazing um, win recently. She says that Drew, and this is Louise, she says that Drew was reactive to a long list of things when he came to me at age four, including, but not limited to, dogs, boys, strangers, and loud 
crowd sounds. Now he is getting closer to the happy spirit he was born to be. And starting next week, he gets to be demo dog for a new class at our club, which is that. so cool. And then finally, the final win of this week is um, has got to be from Karen. Um, and Karen says Dora was a barking, lunging mess at six months old. Reacted to everything: people, birds, dogs, or anything novel. Our best games have been calmness, orientation game, and so many others. Now we can enter championship dog shows. And last year, she won a reserve challenge certificate, and we've started Canny Cross as well. So effectively, Karen's like living a life with Dora that she didn't think was possible, and lots of people around her were telling and, her that there's no hope. And people actively did try to say that yeah, there there is no hope, yeah. and actively tried to persuade her otherwise. Yeah. And yet there she is, just living the dream. Which is the reason why she got a dog in the first place. So. Really, you know, what we want to talk about is how when somebody says that there's no hope, or maybe you've, you know, you've spent a lot of money or time or energy on, you know, training and various training um, strategies, and you've not been getting the results that you want. You know, what we want to say to you is that there is a better way, and what has happened in the past does not indicate what is going to happen and in the future. We don't want you to be limited to anyone else's beliefs. Mm. We absolutely know that. Let, let's not put limitations in in here, right? Yeah. There's, everything's an option. Yeah. Like there are so many, um, we, we've got a huge menu of choice for everybody in here. There's no sort of one path. There's, there's a huge mm -hmm. menu. And, and that's what we most of all want you to take away from uh, listening in and checking in with the podcast, that actually being sexier than the squirrel, I mean, mm -hmm. there is hope. Yeah. There's hope. And the thing is, the, the, what determines whether you get real life results or not is really down to one thing. And it's literally, you know what, let's, let's just explain, let's explain dog training and getting real life results and transformation let's explain it in like one simple idea and that is that all of all of your dog owning struggles all of the your dog's behavior right now it's really really simple actually it's that your dog's brain as it currently stands has some strengths has some weaknesses it's shaped in a certain way right and that brain when you put it in a situation for example let's attach that brain to a collar and lead right now that brain might make the choice to pull on lead. Or that brain, you put it in a situation where it sees a dog in the distance, that brain might think, oh my God, that is so scary, I'm gonna bark at it. Kind of almost like fixed outcome in that yeah. brain, right? And, and so effectively, what we need to do is change the outcome. You don't want your dog to pull on lead. You don't want your dog to like bark at other so dogs. there's so many things that you could list on the don't want yeah. list, right? Like there's so many things you yeah. could put on that list. And yeah. And yet, the, the, the transformation, the, the changes in your dog's behaviour probably isn't going to come from trying to train in that situation in which you're already getting a lot of failure. So should we give you an example of training in that situation? Let's go for, I don't know, let's go for, I've got a couple, very quickly. Um, a, a dog training a recall. So mm -hmm. we go out, we fancy a really nice dog walk. In fact, the reason that I got my dog in the first place is I wanted to go and enjoy things like beach walks. Yeah. And I wanted to get on the moorland and let my dog off lead and let yeah. them run. Because that for me was like a really powerful like mission of yeah. Of mine. I wanted to feel that. So say I, I'm struggling on a recall. I've got, I don't know, a young Labrador who's very excited by life. I get to the beach. I let her off. She tows me there. We have a great time on the way there, kind of like dog skiing. Mm -hmm. uh, I get to the beach. I let her off lead. She runs around for about an hour on her own. Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't own her. I feel like I don't 
when I say I don't own her, I'm not part of the relationship, so mm -hmm. it's not something that I don't see her again for the whole walk. Mm -hmm. She plays with the other dogs for the hour, yeah. and then at some point I have to capture her, so I have to mm -hmm. grab her, capture her, get hold of her, and put her back on lead. And there's no real recall now. I want to work on recall. I really want a recall. I really want a good recall. I take my biscuits out. I've got my bum bag mm -hmm. on. I've got my clicker in my pocket. I'm ready to train, and yet I'm trying desperately to train that recall when I've got like I don't know 50 other dogs on the beach. Mm -hmm. Versus maybe working on that recall in the home environment, working on that recall in the garden environment, working on that recall in a safe space. Another one, a really um, common example is a dog who doesn't like people. Mm -hmm. So a dog who doesn't like people, doesn't like dogs, gets yeah. generally worried by them. And so what people say is maybe you should feed that dog. Mm -hmm. Like give that dog lots of food yeah. and let's train him have that Have strangers moment. feed let's them. Let's have strangers come up to that dog who's worried by yeah. people and worried then by dogs. Then they'll learn that they're great. They're going to learn that people bring food. They're going to learn that. Now, you might have heard that and kind of logically it may make sense mm -hmm. to you. And yet what we're going to say to you is, uh-uh, try really hard to avoid putting your dog in the moment mm -hmm. where the struggle is. Yeah. Because actually when you put them in that moment, mm -hmm. you, there are so many options yeah. that you may not want. And the thing is, the moment is, is already, that situation, that outcome has already not, kind of not got your results in the past. And not only that, but some outcomes, some problems, some situations, they're dangerous. Like, like if, a dog, a, if dangerous. a dog is worried about a person and we're trying to get that person to reach in and feed them, that is a recipe oh, for disaster. So quickly, I have to interrupt that one there because someone recently, I was at a dog show, some of you might not know, but I compete at International Agility. I was at a dog show, I had Eliza, Eliza's mm -hmm. my daughter, young, young, happy-go-lucky, loves dogs, loves people, loves everyone. Uh, she's got food on her, she's been playing with Brave, her dog, and someone comes over and says, can I socialise my puppy with your daughter? Um, and I say, um, Eliza's fine with dogs, but um, how does your dog feel about, um, oh sorry, Eliza's fine with dogs and people, uh, she's, she's happy to play, but how does your dog feel about people and, and children? Oh, she's very, very nervous of children. She's tried to nip at them a few times and I've seen her lunge. And I'm thinking, oh dear Lord, like that's a really volatile Crazy. situation. Yeah. It's a complex situation, yeah. isn't it? And there are so and many outcomes. And it's the common advice. Yeah. It's the common advice. Okay, yeah, let's have them. children feed them and it's scary. Now, um, I've got an example and, and, and this example, and this is so typical, okay? You know, I'm a, a, a vet behaviorist. I'll see dogs that typically have seen maybe five, 10, 15 trainers and behaviorists, and they come to me and they've had all kinds of like advice, right? And the advice um, that, I'll just take one, uh, a, a, a student from a few months ago now. Um, and this lady, she came to me and she was the most amazing dog owner. In fact, she'd been told many times there that no there hope. is no hope and that her dog was untrainable and she was just gonna have to live with them as they are. And um, her dog really didn't, get on with other dogs. In fact, he, he would bark at them from a distance. Now, what happened is this person had been on a bit of a journey. She'd got in touch with somebody, a local trainer, and this local trainer had chatted to her and said, right, what we need to do is teach him that barking at other dogs is bad. So the way that we do that is you're going to go for a walk and ideally you go to places where you know you're going to see dogs because we you want to see multiple dogs you, you want to you know have the opportunity to correct him and when he sees another dog you're going to hit him on the nose to teach him that that's bad now I'm sure you can all appreciate, you know you're watching this and you, listening you're, in. you're listening in um, and you, you can probably appreciate that that's not going to improve the situation. You know In what? fact, everyone the out dog, there can appreciate that's bad advice. The right? dog got worse, but this amazing owner, you know, she was she had gone to an expert and she she didn't know. And, and the scary she, thing is, she trusted the expert, yeah. right? Like she's placed all of her trust and her dog's which trust, which is understandable. In that expert, which for now, us understandable, but also quite 
quite scary and yeah. quite sad, right? Now, the behaviour got worse. And in fact, he barked and lunged even more and he started to redirect on the owner. So he started to grab the lead and grab her hands in his mouth whenever he saw another dog. So she went to another trainer. And this trainer, um, or behaviourist, I can't, can't remember what they kind of labelled themselves as. Um, this person said, oh no, you know, that that method wouldn't work because your dog's scared of other dogs. So what we need to do is actually teach them that other dogs are great. And so what we're going to do is for the next two weeks, you're going to aim to meet 10 different dogs per day. Now, ideally, they're different size dogs, different, different sizes, dogs, different, different shapes, you know, younger, older, all levels of different kind of behavior. You're going to meet them and you're going to effectively make friends with them. So we're going to do this thing called we're going to socialize him. Now, and it's really important when you socialise, they, they say, mm -hmm. uh, or it was advised, mm -hmm. that you, you, you really put them in the deep end, yeah. right? Like you see lots you, you've of... Got to, you've got to expose like them. immerse them in it. Yeah, now, you know what, we'll, we'll, I'm sure there'll be an opportunity in the future on Sexier Than a Squirrel sure. where we talk about socialisation and how to, you know, maybe not do it or do it properly. Um, but the, the key is that this owner was amazing throughout. And again, she'd consulted an expert. And again, this expert had given her advice. And so um, she did exactly as she said. And she says, you know what? It was really hard to find 10 dogs, but I did it because I just want to help my dog the best way I can. Um, and she then started crying. And she was like, but you know what? It was painful because every day was just failure after failure where I was putting him in that situation. And it wasn't just getting, it was, it was getting worse, yeah. right? Like it was getting worse, Tom. It was getting worse and worse. And so she saw that that wasn't working and she went to her vet and, and said, look, you know, I've got training advice. This isn't working. I've consulted experts. The, the experts' methods are not working. So what do I do? Is there no hope for my dog? Is it a medical issue? And the vet said, well, you know what? I think we maybe need to put him on some behavior drugs. Now, the thing is, as with all medication, medication has a place. But what we've got to be aware of is that actually medication isn't a cure-all. It's not going to all of a sudden fix them. And in fact, and think, this and dog struggles. Like, they like to have a pill, right? Yeah, like a lot yeah. of people want to hear there's a pill yeah. for that. But how, in this situation, actually, like you said, it's not, it's not a cure-all. Yeah. And, and in fact, what, what we really needed, to, and again, what happened is the owner gave the medication and put the dog in the situation, and the situation got the same outcome. Now, let's take a step back from this. The brain, let's think back to what we started with. The brain is shaped in a certain way, yeah? Mm -hmm. We put that brain in different situations and it causes an outcome. So no amount of putting that same, same old brain in different situations is it's actually going to change the outcome, is it? And so when we, when we have that like epiphany, how about we reshape the brain. Oh my god, it's genius. Let's reshape the brain. How about we change the strengths and weaknesses that that brain has and how in about order? We, we, grow those, we, we grow those strengths, we balance them out, yeah. and we work on losing some of the weaknesses or making them a little bit less, yeah. less present. Yeah, so that 
that dog's outcome is different in those situations. Now, what I love about this way of thinking is that actually you can then grow the dog without mm. actually putting them in the situation. So yeah. actually our dogs never have to go through. Um, I, I remember doing it. I mean, God, 15, 20 years ago, I remember going to classes where mm. you'd have a stranger come up and feed your dog. Yeah. And that was the way that you would, would train some of these scenarios. Mm. Whereas for us now, oh my God, there's so many games for that. Mm. There's so many games that build all of the confidence, all of the yeah. um, zest for life without ever putting our dogs in a position where it's complex and it's compromising their yeah. um, feeling of um, security and mm. their feeling of um, who they are. I, 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 to give an example, I've got a young dog right now, Tom. Um, he, I, I know that if I asked lots and lots of different people to feed him, mm -hmm. I think that what he would do is probably be more likely to either jump all over them mm. or back off. Or get more you know worried, what? Yeah. There are so many other ways to do it, so many different ways to do it. And what I yeah. love is there's hope. Yeah. There's so much hope. And in fact, there's not just hope. There's like a, well, it started as a little flame mm -hmm. and it's pretty much now an inferno yeah. in terms and, of where it's going, right? And that's exactly why. What I love to see is that when people are armed with the right advice the right tools the the, the right strategies Resources. they get real life results like like for example key um you know she she had previous training advice and it hadn't got her to where she wanted to get to and she the cool thing is and this is what always amazes me i don't know about you lauren on this one but like sometimes people will come for advice and they've asked for advice many, 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 many times before and they've not got the results that they wanted and yet they're still resilient, gritty, determined yeah, enough to try again. And that that Amazing. is a cool dog owner yeah right that yeah. is someone who someone who's persistently looking consistently looking for yeah. something bigger something better something more knowing that something, there's hope yeah right? knowing there's hope i think it's a powerful place to be yeah so um you know if we think about reshaping brains if you don't if you've not if this is the first time that you've like heard us speak maybe or you you first kind of exposure to us you can reshape your dog's brain in your living room, Literally, in your a game kitchen. That takes less than three minutes. So really yeah, so many games game. that we just play that I mean honestly, three minutes would be the tops mm. of how long they would take. Mm. And yet, you're doing so much good. It's yeah. like, uh, it's such a healthy space to live in. And it's fun, and it's yeah. energetic, and it changes your dynamics, it changes the relationship. And it, for me, allows so many um, people and their dogs mm. to lead a much happier life. Yeah. Now, something that we get asked really, really often, right, Lauren, is that, you know, why do dogs have these struggles? Why do dogs struggle with the world? Why aren't dogs' brains, like, shaped suitable to the world kind of from birth. It yeah, seems I mean, to make no sense, think, right? A good example of this, I remember not that long ago, a lady that came to me um, for a class said, um, but I bought a border collie from a house. Mm because I didn't want him to be like a farm dog. Yeah. I didn't want him to behave yeah. like a proper border collie. I just wanted one that behaved like a house border collie. <laughs> so she didn't even yeah. consider his, his heritage his and, and his yeah. past and, and where our dogs um, yeah. have, have come from, yeah. right? And, and the fact is that, you know, one of the, one of the sort of common struggles that we see, especially with um, dogs that are reactive, so they bark and lunge at things or they get worried mean, about things. I mean, it could be anything from, like Tom said, worried about something, mm. barking at something, lunging at something. Mm. Equally, it could just be a little subtle body shift yeah, that says they're that, not happy, like they might mooch away yeah, or, cautious, or sort of like so, head down. Or maybe they were playing and they mm. stopped playing because they heard a dog bark. Mm. So it could be as subtle as that. It doesn't yeah. have to be like your dog lunges across mm. the street. It could be your dog hears a, a noise and goes and hides in the corner. Mm. And that's quite a frequent one that we see. Yeah, 
maybe yeah. they heard, I don't know, a firework or a, a loud bang or um, mm. something that they then leave the environment they're in to go and sit somewhere quietly. So that for us is still like a potential reactive sort yeah. of situation. Absolutely. And, and the, the, the thing is that the skill, the weakness, the, the struggle that is, um, that, that is really kind of the foundation of those kind of behaviours is not necessarily any past learning that they've had. You know, like I had this one behaviour consult. <laughs> like where the this, that says that this... oh, he's been beaten by the hoover. <laughs> he's been beaten by the hoover. Yeah, so um, this one behaviour consult where they, the lady came and she was like, he's scared of the hoover, he's in the vacuum cleaner, he's scared of frying pans. And she believed and thought, and you know what, it's logical that clearly before she got that puppy at eight weeks old someone must have i don't know vacuumed them or someone must have um hit them with a frying pan uh, or a really or... common one is a man was cruel to my dog mm. before i had him or he yeah. didn't meet any men when he was up to eight weeks or 10 weeks or 11 weeks so a man must have been cruel to him mm. no actually um it's it's not necessarily yeah. that anyone's been been cruel the, because the, the crazy thing is is that they within your dog's brain there is this characteristic of optimism or pessimism which is effectively when given a new situation or something new happens so not necessarily new to them but something new happens in the environment They've got to make the choice of is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? And if they're on the pessimistic side of the spectrum, they're more likely to say it's a bad thing. So, um, I, you know, you've got characteristics of optimism and pessimism. If I say to you, like, um, I don't know, um, I, took my dog, um, I took my dog Dora to the vet yesterday to get her growth measured, um, you might think, well, um, Dora's a puppy and she's getting taller. You might think Dora is, in fact, over weight and she's on a diet and therefore you know we're seeing if she's actually lost anything well, this week potentially you might think the worst mm. you might think actually pretty pessimistically mm. right? she's got some kind of mass that's and growing on her it like might a be tumor like, or it might be grade like serious abscess you know and, and where, where you are on that spectrum influences how you interpret that very ambiguous statement i gave to you now the dogs are going through the world seeing ambiguous things all the time. Let's take, I don't know, um, a salt gritter, um, or let's take um, a person in a mm. Santa hat. Yeah, or, or a dog that take... freezes in the distance. Yeah, a dog that lies down, mm. and so your dog a doesn't know how to, how to read that. Mm. A knock now, at the door. Yeah, you know, that is for so, so many dogs, like one mm. of those situations that just takes them into complete pessimism. Now, if we think about that from a, a person sort mm -hmm. of point of view, so I'm walking down the street mm. and I've got, I don't know, um, my young dog. Mm -hmm. um, he's a cool young dog, he's pretty happy-go-lucky, yeah. But I see someone ahead of me, yeah. and the person I see ahead of me is shaved head. Mm -hmm. uh, they've maybe got a, um, a cap on, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even got like some sort of like warmy neck thing going mm -hmm. on, and then maybe they've got a staffy on a lead. Mm -hmm. And as I see the staffy on a lead, oh, let's add a tattoo for good measure. Mm -hmm. yeah. right, they've got a tattoo on their arm. Yeah. It's an eagle. It's an eagle. Yeah. I'm getting pretty descriptive now. Mm -hmm. So they're walking down the street, and as I see them, I'm walking down with my young dog, mm -hmm. and I dart across the road. Mm -hmm. I don't just like walk across the road. I go to mm -hmm. the other side. Of the road because actually I start to feel pretty pessimistic mm -hmm. about that situation. Yeah. Now explain that Tom. So the interesting thing is is that pessimism in the sense of it being a part of all of us as animals, as humans and you need dogs, it actually serves a really important purpose and the thing is it's a strength 
in many environments. If you're in danger, it can be your pessimism that stops you from becoming something's dinner. So, for example, if I'm a dog and I'm walking around this like wild environment and I'm a wild dog and a bush kind of rustles, if I'm I don't know, a pessimistic, let's choose a breed of dog. I'm, I'm a Hungarian Beesler, okay? I'm a pessimistic Hungarian Beesler, and I, th this bush moves, and I'm, I'm going to think that there's a bear in that bush. So I am, I'm out of here. Get I'm gone. Fast. Now, it could have equally been my next meal in that bush, but I interpreted it as something to or worry about, been, and I'm gone. Be, yeah, it could have been a bird, like yeah. you said. It could have been something in there. Um, alternatively, let's say this time I'm an optimistic, I don't know, Labrador, right? I'm an optimistic Labrador bumbling along, the bush moves, I'm like, that's clearly dinner. So I'm walking over to it and out comes a bear, I get eaten and that's the end. So the thing is that in certain environments, pessimism serves a purpose. And, yeah, it's useful. And if we take the example that Lauren gave, the human example there, I bet you've done that before where you've seen a novel, a person who doesn't quite fit your blueprint of being safe by whatever mean, by, by whatever your blueprint of the world is. And everyone's going to have their own blueprints, yeah. right? And don't necessarily, they're not wrong or they're not right. Yeah. It's, it's just you it's, might It is hard. Think it, that. It's in there and, and it's something that we constantly have to kind of battle against. Um, but the, the, the key is that you cross the street you walk away and you think, my word, I'm so on it today. I avoided a threat. That, that man was clearly going to eat me. I survived. <laughs> like, I survived. I didn't only survive. I made yeah. the right decision. Yeah. How and great I got, am I? I got stronger uh, through doing that, yeah. right? It's, so it's what your brain's telling you. Your pessimism actually gets reinforced. Like, you're like... You're effectively celebrating the fact that you're a pessimist there. And the thing is, when dogs, uh, you know, they have a pessimistic response to things in the world, they react to things in the world, that in itself is rewarding in the sense and of that pathway gets like burnt in there. Yeah? And, and the thing is, with, with that guy, um, actually, he was, he was Simon. Yeah. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. In fact, that was the sexy, sexy Simon. Simon, you know? No, sexy Simon with his, with his super, super staffy. Yeah. And they were a really cool partnership and yeah. they're a really cool duo. Yeah. And I actively didn't avoid any threat. No. They were zero threat. Yeah. Right? Sexy Simon. Yeah. And so what we want to kind of really get across here through these random stories is that, in fact, I what, is, like our random stories. what is a weakness in maybe today's environment is actually a strength prior prior to in, in during evolution. It served a and huge so, purpose. Absolutely. And so um, what some of you might kind of think about, and I know for sure, like if, if I ask you this question, question Lauren did it feel like when you were growing up that dogs were better behaved than they are today absolutely yeah. felt like that completely and and um, even even now when I think about um, I don't know going abroad and when mm. I would um, be away for sort of summer holidays mm. and things like that the dogs were so well behaved yeah. like I was like God, and even now like they're, they're very yeah. well behaved yeah. right and and the crazy thing is is that is it that some of the practices that we do today are causing our dogs to be badly behaved and we could you know that's a that's a topic for a another day also, is it that the world is way is full of way more novelty, way and more we, complex. we expect our dogs to interpret very ambiguous situations, and we put much more responsibility on them to do it today than we used to maybe fifty years and, ago? And for sure, the environments that we put them in, um, the complexities mm -hmm. that are um, out there, not only out there but frequent, and bang, mm. bang, 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 without any let up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. On top of obviously the training that some of the dogs have been subjected to. Yeah. So actually. 
it's um, potentially um, a bit of a precarious mix. Yeah. So really, you know, it, if we we take one kind of take home message from this discussion, it's that we we need to move to a world of training for the situation rather than in the situation. Because training in the situation, you're always going to get the same result because your, the brain stays the same. Very right? very limiting. And yet, if we train for the situation, if we actively reshape the brain, you know, if we play um, games to reshape the brain. One, we can do this in a safe environment rather than the dangerous one. Two, it's much less stressful and much less painful more, for us. Way more dynamic, way more yeah. variety, way more fun, a lot of enjoyment for the dog and for um, you, the owner. Yeah. Um, it's, it's low pressure. It's, that's huge. And then thirdly, that actually we make an impact, we make a change, we, we actively reshape that dog's brain so that when they're back in that situation, they make different choices. So when somebody says to you that there's no hope for your dog, that is probably a sign that we're taking a training in the situation approach rather than a training for the situation approach. When someone puts a label on your dog, what we've got to think is actually they're just labeling your dog's brain right now. But what they're misunderstanding and not seeing is that that brain is open to be reshaped. In so, fact, not just open, it is ready. Yeah, it's begging. It's, it's like, begging for come it. on, reshape me. Yeah. And, and, and the exciting thing here is that it's not I thought just you were going to sing them. Like, like, it's, it's a podcast, a not your first album, all right? A I'm ready. Um, so, like, for me, the exciting thing is it doesn't matter what age you're working yeah. with. Like, I could be working with a young pup. Yeah. Um, I can go into Hakuna Matata no, anytime. Um, and it could be a, it could be an older dog. Like, I remember mm. with um, my elderly dog, um, she was almost 17, and we're still mm. reshaping the brain. So the exciting thing is that he's still. I'm not winking at you, by the Laura. By the way, Laura, um, I've got something in my eye. He's worried about it. So, so I absolutely am excited by that because it yeah. doesn't limit any dog like don't let anybody's mm. limited um, definitions of trainability yeah. or what is doable or how it's doable and don't let anybody's label stick on your dog mm. you know what you can give it right back you yeah. can show them there is a much better way there's a fun way mm. there's an enthusiastic way there's a way that is going to allow you to mm. really um, be in charge of that learning real life results are just around the corner so that is all for today's episode of Sexier Than a Squirrel. Stay sexy. Stay sexy. You've got a couple of things that you need to do to boost your learning. You've got to go grab your bucklet that we've put together for you so you can get up to speed. No, um, so that you can get up to speed on it. Um, it this is an amazing resource. Um, and the way that you do that is you go to absolutedogs.me forward slash start. What have they got to get? You've got to get your resource um, at absolutedogs.me forward slash start. Second thing that we need you to do is you've got to subscribe because you know what? The next episode is going to be in a week's time. It's going to be next week, just around the corner. There's some crazy cool things planned. And remember, these podcasts, what we're doing is they're shaped by you. So if you would love us to tackle something in, in an episode um, of Sexier Than a Squirrel, then you know what? Let us know. Go onto the Absolute Dogs Facebook page and post on there. Um, post a comment under one of the posts on there let us know what you would like us to cover what's your biggest question right now like we want to um, answer your mm. questions directly we we obviously have loads of topics that we'd yeah. love to chat on but yeah. at the same time we want to work with with you yeah. so we really want to hear from you so mm. definitely talk to us get involved chat to us and the third thing is we want to know what your latest game changer win is. Maybe you have been sexier than a pig. Maybe you have been you know sexier Tom, than a swallow. Tom's right? pretending that he's never heard that before. One mm. of our students said only yeah. last week 
they were a sexy, yeah. sexy, sexy yeah. Susan, and they were sexier so than a pig. Get in touch because we want to know what you have been sexier than recently. Okay. Um, and, and so all you got to do is head on to the the social media um, channels, the Absolute Dogs ones, um, put it in a comment, put it in a post. We we try and read every single one, um, and really these are shaped by you. So that was this for very first episode of the Welcome. Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, and we will see you next time where we'll be sharing some super cool stuff. Stay sexy! Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the Worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today, where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.